Hi everyone, my name is Kim McLaughlin. I am a shamanic practitioner living and practicing in North Ayrshire, Scotland. My website is cedarlighthealing.com and today I want to talk to you about what's behind when you reach out to a shamanic practitioner to do a ceremony or a treatment or a session and they say no. So imagine reaching out to a shamanic practitioner and you're asking for a certain ceremony. So for example, soul retrieval or power animal retrieval and the shamanic practitioner comes back to you with no, not right now, maybe in six months, it's not the right time, etc. This happened to me last week and the other party, so the interested client, was really upset and even went as far as making accusations against me because of it. And I wanted to record this because there are times when a no is actually a really good thing. And a practitioner who walks with spirit is always going to abide what their spirits tell them to do. The reality is when it comes to shamanic healing, so it comes to spirit-led healing, no's happen. And I genuinely feel bad when they do. It is hard to get a no when we've got our heart set on a ceremony or a treatment session, especially when we feel like perhaps this is the one thing that's going to be the answer and is going to support us through a hard situation. It also takes a lot of courage to reach out to a shamanic practitioner. So it can feel like a real slap in the face when we get a no. And I acknowledge all of these things. But as disappointing as it may feel at the time for both of us, and I promise you, it is disappointing for me as well. It, the reason it's a good thing is because it means that the spirits are already looking out for you. They are paying attention. Your spirits are already working for you. They are supporting you and they are showing discernment about your healing journey. You know, so it proves that they're looking out for you in this way. I've outlined a few reasons in this podcast why the spirits may decline to perform the healing ceremony, the specific healing ceremony you've asked for. And as to which one of these reasons may pertain to you, you can always ask the, part the practitioner for more information. In my experience, sometimes I'm given a specific reason and, and usually that will accompany instructions, and sometimes I'm not. Everybody is different. So the first reason that the spirits may not agree to do the ceremony you've asked for, at least the way you've asked for it, is that it's not the right time. Shamanic healing and soul retrievals in particular can be intense. The spirits know well what we can handle at any given time in our lives and what may be too much or distract us from our path. We must remember that living our lives is a form of healing in itself. And if we are already living our lives in a healing way, or the spirits feel that the intensity of something like a soul retrieval is really going to throw us off our path, they'll often say no, or at least they'll respond that perhaps the client should check in in six months time or a year's time. This is why, for example, if someone is less than a year on their sobriety journey, the spirits generally will not agree to do soul retrieval work. And again, it's not me, the practitioner, who's making that decision. They are. It's my job to defer to the decisions that they make. And the reason for this is because the healing crisis that can sometimes accompany a soul retrieval, it can be difficult for someone to process, particularly 
when that person is already fighting the big fight, right? When it comes to addictions of any kind. And usually under these circumstances, this is where the spirits are going to say, okay, not a soul retrieval right now, but let's do a power animal retrieval or a soul remembering ceremony, something that is still beautiful and affirming but doesn't necessarily have the capacity to throw someone off their path to the extent that a soul retrieval can if the person experiences a healing crisis. So this is a big part of it. Sometimes the client will ask, you know, they'll be asking the right practitioner to work with them, but they're asking for the wrong ceremony. So just as I mentioned, Often what will happen is that the spirits won't outright say no, but they'll change up the ceremony to what they feel will truly benefit the client. I have scheduled soul retrievals that on the day of the actual session turned into soul remembering ceremonies or blessings or energy balancing sessions. The spirits do sometimes change their mind. I guess it's their prerogative. I have no idea why. I don't know what's going on in your life at any given time, but the spirits do. And this is spirit-led work. So if they say, nope, today we're going with this other ceremony instead, then we need to listen to that. And you know, even as I say that, to be really clear, to listen or not really is not our choice. If the spirits have decided not to do a soul retrieval for whatever reason, they're just not going to show up for it. I can't make them, that's not the kind of relationship I have with them, and I sure as heck cannot do it without them. So whether we like it or not, whether we agree to it or not, the real question we have to ask ourselves is, how deep is our trust? Are we willing to surrender our egos to spirit-led work? Are we willing to defer to decisions that the spirits are making. Are we going to trust that? I am, although I admit it did not come easily and it took a lot of time, but I need to look at my clients and say, okay, are you? You know, I've had the spirits say to me that if the client wants to work virtually, it's going to be one ceremony, but if they want to see me in person, then it's going to be another. Again, I have no idea why this is, but I have faith that it's always going to be the right thing for the client. So another reason why the spirits may say no is that it might be the right ceremony. However, it might be the wrong shamanic practitioner. This happens not a lot, but it happens frequently enough. And quite honestly, I love it when it does because nothing says the spirits are looking out for us more than when they've already decided who we should do the work with. And they have literally put us on the path to meeting that person. So sometimes when I journey for a prospective client, particularly if they're seeking a soul retrieval, uh, in my journey, the spirits will say, yup, a soul retrieval is good for this person, but not you, Kim. You can't do it. You need to send them to this other practitioner. They are the right person to do this work. Again, I have no idea why. I have learned not to ask only because they never tell me. And again, I don't really need to know. Early in my practice when this happened, I would feel disappointed, but client after client that I had referred on to other practitioners because the spirits had told me to do that, those clients came back to me. It might've been like months later, a year later, and they would tell me 
how grateful they were for that referral because that person was the absolute perfect person for them to work with, with this kind of healing work, how helpful it was for them, how it helped them progress on their journey, etc. So this taught me to trust the spirits. And when they specifically tell me to send a client to someone else, I do it. And if your practitioner comes back to you with this kind of spiritual referral, my advice is also just to do it. The spirits have a reason for everything. And when we trust them, things tend to work out in the end. Another reason, this is a tougher reason that the spirits can say no or add parameters, is that it may be that the spirits are asking you to step up. So the elders taught me that we're put on this earth to learn and in this way we heal and we progress and we grow. Thus, the point of shamanism is to empower you to be able to do your own healing work. Yet sometimes, we avoid taking an active role in our own healing journeys and we do this by working with healer after healer after healer and it can become obsessive if we are constantly asking others to provide us with the answers at some point the spirits are going to say uh-uh now is time for you to find your own answers and it can be jarring for a client who has never been pushed back by a practitioner to be told no. But my hope for them is that this is, it is also empowering. It is the ultimate spiritual, you've got this. You don't need to go to anybody else. You've got this. And it's time then for you to step up and believe in yourself. The spirits demand that you play an active role in your healing. So sometimes what will happen is that the spirits will agree to do the ceremony that you've requested, but they provide conditions. So what I've seen is that uh, the condition is almost always a critical step in the client's journey. Of course, I don't learn this until after the ceremony and they tell me. But usually, whatever it is the spirits are asking you to do before the session it usually will put you out of your comfort zone. So an example of this is actually the person who accused me of being a false practitioner last week. So this person insisted on virtual work, which is normal, and they wouldn't talk to me on the phone, which is not really that normal, but they said it was for health, health reasons. So, you know, I let that go. So this meant that the work would have to be done on my end and communicated via email. Now, this is not an issue for me. I mean, it's not ideal. It's not really how I like to work. However, I do take copious notes for my clients as it is. And again, it's not how I like to work. I like to have either a bit of face-to-face -face or voice-to-voice -voice contact at some point in the process. But I'm certainly well set up to work this way. So I kind of thought to myself when this person reached out to me and, and shared some of these parameters with me, I thought, okay, maybe this is why, because I take all these notes normally and I can easily send them via email if that's what's going to work. But when I asked the spirits, they were very clear that the person needed to provide to me either a real first name, I guess they had it, or a picture. And I have no idea why they asked this, but I did get the sense that it had to do with this person stepping outside of their comfort zone. And of course, that requires great trust. So 
I don't know, perhaps this was the lesson for the client. And okay, I'm, I'm speculating here, so I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. But either way, all healing requires a sacrifice. All. If we are going to engage in spiritual healing, we must be prepared to do what is asked of us. And while the client is paying me for my time and supplies, the real arrangement is between you and the spirits, and they have something to teach us, so they will often demand some sort of sacrifice from us. Now, sometimes that sacrifice is time. For example, uh, you need to take time to do a certain action. In fact, it's usually an action. And by the way, it's always a healthy action. If it is not a healthy action, it is not your spirits talking. The spirits only want what's best for us. They will only ever point us in the right direction. So an example of this is I've worked with clients where before their appointment, the spirits were really clear that the client had to make certain offerings and do certain things like maybe, you know, walk beside a river or go walk in the forest or meditate or something along those lines. And I've even had situations where the client did not do those things before the session and therefore we had to postpone the session until they did those things. The spirits must be honored. We have to honor our commitments. So, you know, another thing that we can be asked is maybe we need to give something away. And I actually have a story about this. So I went to the spirits, I guess it was about two years before my immigration. And I went to them asking them for their healing and their support with regard to my immigration and the practice that I would be setting up here in Scotland. And the spirits turned around and said, well, maybe we'll help you, you know, no guarantee. But first you need to give away your drum. Oh, I was floored. I was floored and not in a good way. I was really attached to that drum. I mean, there's a whole backstory to this drum that includes my family and my friendships and this story, it is magic. I, I have it on my website, by the way, it's on my blog under, I think just like the story of my drum. And I totally, I challenge you <laughs> to read it and not think, holy smokes, that's magic. Anyhow. Giving away my drum was a massive sacrifice for me, and it took me six months to be able to do it. But the act of giving away my drum, it created space in my life for new elements of my practice to come through that eventually deepened my work here in Scotland. And another thing that it did too is that I have to admit in this whole immigration, one of the things I had to do in my immigration and it wasn't planned, it had to do with the pandemic and getting caught up and just the adventure I had, was I ended up having to either sell or give away pretty much everything I owned before I came over here. And that was a huge thing for me to do. I have lots of issues and lots of attachments to my belongings, to my furniture. They give me security. So in realizing that the best thing for me to do would just be to start new in Scotland, carte blanche, oh my gosh, that was a huge deal for me. And so the spirits in asking me or saying to me, right, we'll help you, but you need to gift this drum. That was the first thing that I actually gave away in that whole series of having to, to release quite literally my attachment to my stuff. And this was a massive, massive part of my own healing. And it was a massive part in my being able to successfully uh, move to Scotland and make an honest go of it over here. 
you know, it is hard to say what the spirits will demand of us, if anything. But it does happen that they make demands that will contribute to our healing work. And what I have found is that if the client is resisting this kind of, of healing, just as I resisted giving my stuff away, then they are probably going to come back to me as this person did with disappointment and anger. But we have to remember that we're only angry when we're hurt. And this person at the moment was hurting. And I try to remember that the experience that the spirits are creating for this person, it's placing stepping stones in front of them to empower true healing. And that's not easy. But the spirit saying no is always, always an act of love and compassion. If you've ever asked a practitioner to do a healing ceremony on you and they have come back and said, come back in six months, or how about a power animal retrieval instead of soul retrieval, then I want you to understand what's happening. It's not that the spirits won't work on you because you're a bad person or you're beyond hope or you don't deserve the healing. It is the absolute opposite. It is because the spirits care about you so deeply that they are going to do everything in their power to empower you and to protect you and to make your life better. That's how much they love you. The spirits are always walking with us. They don't go away ever. The spirituality is always there for us. And there are so many ways to honor our spirituality and to honor ourselves. I think in our culture, we're not used to spirituality in our lives and we often feel that we need to grasp at certain ceremonies or practices in order to access our spirituality you know maybe that creates a bit of structure for us or it makes it feel authentic for us and then there's that sense that if we can't access those ceremonies or those whatever it is rituals or practices for whatever reason then we can't be spiritual that we cannot engage in spiritual healing. But the truth is that you are already doing it. The spirits honor you every day. When your intuition is talking to you, that is your spirits talking to you. And when you sit down by a tree or a river or the ocean and you feel fully connected and at peace, then your spirits are with you. And when during those moments you feel the pain or burden or stress or anxiety that you have been carrying kind of melt out of your body. Your spirits are already working with you. And when you laugh at some stupid joke that your best friend made, you're healing. And when you go home that night and you say, thank you, you know, for that moment, your spirits are listening to that and they're going to say, no, thank you. Now keep going. I'll leave you with this final thought on the topic. Everything I've just mentioned is why for the classical ceremonies like soul retrieval, it's incredibly important that the shamanic practitioner, rather than themselves deciding whether or not to do the ceremony on you, defers that decision to their spirit guides. And this means taking the time to journey on behalf of the interested client. So on your behalf, long before any kind of gift or payment is exchanged, just to see if the spirits feel that it's a good time for you to do the work, or just to make sure that you are uh, talking to the right practitioner to do this work for you. 
So if a practitioner ever comes back to you with a not right now or yes, but I'm sending you to this person or yes, but we're going to do this different ceremony or yeah, you know, they'd love to do the work for you, but you have to do these three things first, then please do not accuse that practitioner of being false. They are being true to the spirits and those spirits are being true to you. And if you find yourself angry at the response, you must ask yourself if you are being true to yourself. If you wish to learn more about shamanic healing, please visit my website. It's cedarlighthealing.com. Cedar as in the tree, light as in walking in the light. And walking in the light is my hope for you today and this week. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a great day.